Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It was the worst McDonald's I've ever had, and I was so disappointed because I thought that, you know, it's Texas. Carter comes up shooting. Got it! 1.2 seconds to go! Vince Carter, you are amazing! Give it to me! A little baby black! Get that garbage out of here! Welcome to Toronto Sport Matters, podcast number 54, where we had a very interesting conversation before the start of the podcast about chicken nuggets, airports, <laughs> traveling, going to Texas. Greg, give me your uh, breakdown of the uh, fast food scene in uh, the Dirty South. It's garbage. Garbage. Get and that garbage out of here. that airport is was so rude. Oh, man. So rude. All right, you guys, so we are basically a week and a half into the start of the regular season. Toronto Raptors currently sitting 4-0. and oh. Ooh, Toronto Raptors are the most exciting team currently playing in the Eastern Conference, maybe even the NBA. I know everyone's about the Lakers, but currently they are 0-3. Oh, Let's talk about the Toronto goddamn Raptors. So the biggest thing would be the inclusion of Kawhi Leonard in this year's rendition of the team. Uh, I'm going to start off with uh, the basic first question. What are your impressions of the team's performance through the force? First four games of the regular season. Best team in the Eastern Conference, hands down. All those pundits that were picking Boston, where are they now? Crickets, crickets, crickets. We dominated them. We had, an, we had a bad game. We had an awful game, and it just seemed like we turned it on like in the third and fourth quarter, and it looked easy. And what did I say about Gordon Hayward? Washed up. Well, he's also 27, he's- and he just came... A- from a catastrophic ankle injury that prevented him from playing basketball for an entire season. So Tatum's I think we, so I think if anything, we should give the guy maybe a couple more weeks to kind of get back into NBA mode. Christian, what are your impression of the organization first four games of the season? Obviously, Kawhi Leonard looks like he's back in a form. The hamstring injury is not that big of a deal. Um, he looks like he enjoys playing in the Raptors uniform. What else do you want to talk about? But it was the a quad team? injury. Um, quad injury, my apologies. Yeah, the quad. Uh, well, Kawhi, Kawhi's quad. Kawhi, I don't think he's fully <laughs> back yet. Again, like he's he's kind of that triple-double kind of guy that... that plays again the defense is there the shot is coming I think the first game you definitely saw the rust where the first I think seven shots he hit one of them or two of them Um, but he's slowly coming along and I think by you know the end of November maybe sometime like that he'll be good but the Raptors in general so far like Greg said have been to me easily the best team in the east so far it's only four games in but uh, it was more of the win against the Wizards for me that 
that that sort of showed that because again, no Kawhi. We That's had him right. not playing. We had a back to back. Our bench unit again. Delon is still injured. He's not. He wasn't playing at the time. And he's significant. And, exactly. He's big to the bench unit. Our bench unit actually didn't even play that well in the first four games. Mm-hmm. If you look at their net rating, I think they're pretty much negative in, in plus minus right yeah. now. So we're we're doing it right now. Kyle Lowry's been playing out of his mind. Out of his mind. And that win specifically against. A playoff team, I'd say, in the Wizards that had, you know, you would say two players that are hard to guard. Two all-stars. Absolutely. And and we had Kyle Lowry and Van Vliet out there for a lot of the time, especially in the fourth quarter. And those two are taking on, you know, Bradley. It's, it's impressive. That was the most impressive win for me this season. And I think the Raptors... Uh, again, as a Toronto fan, I don't want to get caught in this early season stuff because the exact same thing happened to the Leafs. And I think I said this on our little Facebook mm-hmm. group. But imagine, like, you know, we lose to, I don't know, if, if you look at the schedule, imagine we lose to the Suns, you know? Like, all of a sudden, like, every all the good would just be totally, like, questioned. The Suns and the Lakers, back-to-back, if we lost against them. Uh, again, I'm I don't just even a hypothetical. Think would. But, no, that, I think, to just to build off your point, the Washington game, Yep. That, to me, was arguably even bigger to me than Boston because you're talking about a back-to-back situation against exactly. a team that, you know, again, every year seems to puff up their ch- I hate Washington. I don't, Brandon, I know John Wall's your boy, but I'm sorry. Like, it took them getting their coach, like, kicked out of the game for them to even, like, really get fired up. Like what is what? Do, what do you not like team? about them? Austin Rivers, you know Dwight Howard, some of the most wonderful, positive individuals in the league. Guys who've <laughs> obviously garnered a reputation as being, you know, good teammates. And no, no, I know what you mean. It's I thought Bradley Beal was going to punch the ref. <laughs> he looks like he was going to punch the ref. He's got very bad body language. Let's go back to what Christian was mentioning: the emerging play, not emerging play, but the play of Kyle Lowry. So We're talking good. about a guy, twelfth year in the NBA, coming into what age 32, 33 next year. Um, you know, it's insane for him to kind of have this type of performance, especially right off the bat of regular season. But do you think he's going to be able to sustain this level of play throughout the season? Do you see him like, do we, is it important for us to, you know, stagger his minutes, make sure he's not playing a lot, make sure he's getting proper rest, make sure that we're taking care of Kyle, especially at his age, throughout an 82 game season? Well, I, I don't see why not. I mean, you know, they were showing some stats like what's really. Um, prolonged Lowry's uh, career as an impact player and all-star has been his three-point shot, right? Like, he didn't have that when he was younger. I mean, this guy's pulling up from, like, you know, the Raptors logo, right? <laughs> he has Steph Curry range. He They were showing a stat. Like, he's one of the top volume three-point shooters now over the past, you know, three, four years, and or I think two, three years in the NBA. I think he's just behind Steph Curry and... And James Harden. And the thing with Lowry is he's crafty. He was never a player that simply relied on his athleticism. He's an extremely smart, cerebral player. And I feel like players like that, you know, like Steve Nash, for instance, right? They have a longer shelf life than guys maybe uh, like an Allen Iverson who, you know, such a great athlete but didn't really take care of his body. It seems like he's in great shape. It'd be like, if who, who do you think would have a longer career, John Wall or Mike Conley? Yeah, no, exactly, right? Like, uh, And part of that is that John Wall doesn't have a jump shot, right? And Lowry's got a... Uh, and now he's doing catch and shoots. 
He's always deadly on the catch. And well, shoot. he's never been a guy that's solely dependent on his athleticism. Yo, and 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 he's a like Lowry's a competitor. All he wants to do is win, and that's why people are like, oh, like he's dodging calls and he's not going to play well. It's like I think I thought he would because I think he senses the moment. Like he's not going to let this slip away. He's obviously sad that Demar left, but he's probably like super excited because he's like, oh my god, I get to play with Kawhi Leonard now. Yeah, there was a. A uh, bit of a, I think it was like a behind the scenes look at, at Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry FaceTiming each other before the game tonight. Really? They were at, uh, I forget what school it is now, uh, uh, Henry Carr, I believe it was. Okay. Uh, I think Jimmy Butler's cousin's kid or something goes there. Okay. So they were both there at the game and they were talking about tonight. And you could hear Lowry just being like, after Jimmy said, I'm going to get you, going, all right, we got someone now who can kind of stop you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you know that, you know. Well, he used to eat up DeMar. Exactly. And you know that. Le- Kyle will come around. Like you said, he's a competitor. Uh-huh. And I think if anything, the most impressive thing, like right now, four games in, but not taken into account tonight, but he's leading the league in assists. Like he has 10 assists a game, uh-huh. which is leading the league. And again, the fact that he's been so efficient, I guess, is, yeah. is for me, that's really what it is, is he got 14 assists the one game. Uh, he seems to pass it at the perfect time or shoot it at the right time. It's like he's not making mistakes. And then, like you said earlier, I think, those threes that he takes when he comes right up the floor from three or four feet from outside the three-point yeah. line, it really checks the defense. Big it, time. It, it makes it hard. And now that he's going to start running screen and rolls with not just Valanciunas, like it sort of was in the past, yeah, yeah, yeah. but a mix of Siakam, Abaka, and... Mm-hmm. and Kawhi Leonard. Guys that can catch a little better. Yes. And yeah. then you always have Danny Green out there just waiting for that shot. I mean... Danny Green. The He's been another another player. So again, for me, if I had to go all-stars, Kyle Lowry, number one, Kyle uh, Kawhi Leonard, number two so far, and <laughs> yeah. Danny Green, number mm-hmm. three. And it's interesting because the first couple games of the season, I think, we get to see what Nick Nurse is all about and what he's thinking. And one of the things is basically the fact that Siakam is in that starting lineup over OG, which is That's one thing I want to talk about as well. Uh, Nick Nurse, obviously, coming in first year as a head coach of the Toronto Raptors. Um, it's interesting to see how he's kind of staggered his minutes. Certain guys have been playing a lot more. We've seen a lot more Norman Powell this year than last year. Um, Norman's actually good. looked relatively decent. But let's thing. have a discussion about Nick Nurse's rotations. Like, How do you see him sort of staggering his minutes? You know, based on our roster depth, we're seeing, you know, Brad Stevens, for example, in Boston kind of run into a similar issue. You know, it, it, it's great to have the cupboard full, but how do you, you know, make everyone happy in the cupboard, essentially? Um, what, what are your thoughts on him staggering his minutes? What do you think of the crunch time lineup so far? And how do you see, do you think there's certain guys who are going to be relegated to the bench later down the season? Or do you think certain guys are going to be playing more than they are right now? See, I think it's a little bit different than Boston. I think, and we'll talk about Boston a little bit later, but I think they have an issue because they have six people who should actually be in a starting lineup. The Raptors do in a sense, but it wouldn't be like on a really elite team. It would be like Van Vliet or DeLon Wright. And I just, honestly, I have no problem with the rotation so far. I think he's spreading the minutes out. And we're going to see so many changes throughout the season. He's experimenting. That's like the Nick Nurse... Uh, again, he has so many chess pieces now that were different from last year just because of Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard. And we've seen the chemistry they have together. So good. It, it's also so the good. fact, I guess, that the G League, I mean, look at our whole bench was brought up on that roster. So they yeah. know how to play with each other. I really don't think there's any, you know, as long as we keep winning. I think there'll be not any com- no or complaints, no complaints yeah. about the minutes as long as because it seems like Nick Nurse is giving everybody a chance. Even at the end of game, we saw Greg Monroe there yeah. uh, in the last game for you know a good eight minutes of the fourth he quarter. Can play so, Malachi Richardson. Yeah. Malachi can play too. Age and, and uh, just to to speak on that, you mentioned the difference between Toronto and Boston. I think with Boston, you've got 
a team of guys now that all think they're stars, right? I think the Raptors have, you know, probably six, seven potential starters, but you don't have like these young, hungry, like Siakam is a different, Siakam and OG are different developing talents, I think, than like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum or Terry Rozier, who last year they got starting roles and they led their team to like one game away from the finals. And now you've got these other guys, these veterans that have come back and are just assumed, like, based well, on playing time. It's pedigree. You know, it's two third overall picks. You know, Terry Ogier was picked in the mm-hmm. lottery as well. It's guys that should be playing, you know. And again, I'm not saying Siakam should be playing or Fred Van Vliet shouldn't be playing yeah, or even DeLon Wright. But they're later first round picks. They weren't sort of blue chip guys right off the bat. They needed to develop over time. So when it comes to stagger the minutes, at least he's not going to have those guys. Nick's not going to have those guys in his ears sort of demanding playing time because if Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum get 10 minutes per game or something like that, that would be an, A, that would be a catastrophe for that team, but B, like they would have absolutely every right to kind of call out Brad Stevens when it comes to their lack of playing time. I also think for the Raptors, this season is kind of like the one season where Nick Nurse is like free reign. I think all the players have that understanding because Kawhi is here. I think they know that this season, in a way, is really their opportunity to make Kawhi buy into their system and, and and sign long-term. Which is why that Washington game, I think, like, that did so much in terms of, like, because if you're Kawhi and you're watching that, you're like, oh, wow. have trust in your team. Oh yeah, you're like, wow, these yeah. guys are really good, like, even without me, so I don't have to feel, feel like everything relies on me. This is something that I want to be a part of, right? All right, give me one minute on Kawhi Leonard, both of you. Oh, my God. Uh, he is so much better with the like he must have taken this time to really work on his his like dribble face up game he's got way more offensive skills and his shot is better than I thought it was but I mean in watching him play it's like it's amazing to see in comparison to DeRozan right like how scoring always looked like hard not hard but difficult for DeRozan like he always had to come up with a series of fakes and maneuvers to get open Sometimes Kawhi just puts his head down and straight strength and body and those hands like I know it's it's talked about a lot but it really is a unique physical attribute to keep, to get his mitts on rebound the rebounding sorry I just I think Kawhi the Kawhi Leonard is the best Raptor I have ever seen in a Raptors uniform Christian what a way to end it I mean I I, I think he is it's talent hard, it's hard to disagree so again, it's gonna get so, better so that's the thing is that I think Kawhi's been again you see it at the start of games he seems a little bit rusty at the start or at least in the first four games once that goes away I mean for me it's defense defense is the main thing that Kawhi is is, is different from DeMar because he brings that element of, of shut down the best player but also be able to be fearless and go up against him and try to score he his, his efficiency has gone up pretty much every single game. Yeah. I think he's good at almost just about every element of offense as well, from three-point shooting, which is going to get better. I think he went four for seven the other day or four for yeah. six. Um, his mid-range is just as good as DeMar's from yeah. what I've seen. Yeah. He can post up. He can drive. It's really hard to, for anyone to really plan against Kawhi, I think. It's hard mm-hmm. to stop him. And again, his chemistry with Danny Green has been the one thing that's sort of stuck out to me so far. Oh, yeah. Once he gets that trust with some other players, like you start to see it slowly with Van Vliet, I, I, I've noticed now, yeah. that he's starting to make that extra pass to him because he knows he's going to hit that three. I think once Kawhi figures his teammates out, it's going to be very dangerous. So everything we've seen so far from him has been spectacular, and he's the reason why we are right now the number one team in the East by he's, far. He looks 100% healthy, too. 
Like, like I don't see any lingering effects of like a serious injury. Alrighty, moving on to the Eastern Conference. Uh, speaking of two other undefeated teams, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Detroit Pistons are both currently sitting at three and zero. Milwaukee Bucks obviously were a very, uh, I guess, early uh, team. Several people are optimistic about, uh, and they're kind of fulfilling their lofty expectations. Pistons, on the other hand, uh, many people even have them predicted to be in the playoffs, maybe ninth or eighth. Both teams also have new head coaches, uh, Mike Boonholzer and Dwayne Casey, respectively. Um, what's your impression of these teams? so far this season I know three games is not a very big sample size but do you think both these teams can sustain it especially with the Pistons you saw the Blake Griffin last night eh? Yo, you went for 50 50 points yeah. but are you are you surprised like I, I thought that Blake would have a bounce back year he's got something to prove mm-hmm. I think that whole Pistons team has something to prove Right, I know Casey does. I think Casey's gonna gonna get them in the playoffs the roster's a, not perfect for the modern NBA but like you know it doesn't have to be to win like I don't want Andre Drummond shooting threes. No, definitely not Blake Griffin. I don't mind. I mean, yeah, no. Well. Like, see, I guess for me the Pistons, it's it's that that thing we saw with New Orleans, two big men that are their yeah. two best players, right? And it worked for the Pelicans. Yeah, uh, with Boogie and AD. So it, again, if you look at that game last night where they faced Philadelphia, it, it seems like if you put Embiid on Drummond, then Blake Griffin's going to go off, and vice Did you versa. See the dunk he put on Embiid. Absolutely. He put a power dunk on Embiid. And that forces a team like Philly to have Dario Sarge now guarding, yeah. guarding Blake Griffin. Who again yeah. they're a, they're a, they're sort of a matchup nightmare in that That's sense. That's true, right? So it's, I don't know. I don't I don't again, I don't think they're gonna sustain this. I don't think they're gonna be a team that is uh I, I think four. they'll yeah, I don't think they're gonna be a top four team. Exactly. I think they'll finish in their usual spot around yeah. eight or seven. I think when they play the Ra- when when the Raptors play the Pistons, it is gonna get chippy. Not like, for sure. Right. Well, they, they do have pieces. You know, Stanley Johnson, like, I'm not the biggest Stanley Johnson guy. You know what I loved last season? The signing of Glenn Robinson. Yeah. The third. I think he's like a the good third. three-point shooter, <laughs> relatively competent defender, can slide in through that three position. Stanley Johnson just hasn't evolved as a shooter. The guy's a liability offensively. It's really hard to put him out there. Even Luke DeCanard looks relatively decent. The guy picked before Donovan Mitchell. They made a couple terrible draft decisions, but if you're getting 59 points a night from Blake Griffin, shit, you might make the playoffs, right? And, you know, just to build up, and then what you say about uh, Milwaukee, so, oh, well, they're very, 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 very well coached, Greg. <laughs> look, look, look. Very, like, very well coached. For, the, for those who don't know, Greg has a bit of a grudge against the, the buttonholes are signing, and mainly the kid firing. So so go on, Greg. What's, look, your, what's look, your defense here? Look, it's not that... Budenholzer is not. There we go. Show the man some fucking respect. I think the last is that time actually said, his right name? I thought I was saying his wrong name. The last time you said his name, I think it was like Budenshitter or something. Budenschmucker or whatever you call yeah. him. Yeah. Look, hold on. He, okay, you guys are right. Okay, he's a, he's a good coach. Um, I just didn't know if I liked the idea of firing Casey to bring that guy in. Right? But hey, he's got them off to 3-0. and uh, but mind you, Brandon, if you were coaching the Bucks and you had Giannis, you could probably get that team to at least two and one. Jason Kidd couldn't. Oh, <laughs> shots fired. The biggest change for me from Milwaukee, and I think most fans in Milwaukee would have noticed this, is how many three-point shots they're taking. Mm-hmm. And it, it shows. They're three-point attempts right now. They have 40 per game, which is third in the league. Yeah. So only the Mavericks and the Rockets, obviously the Rockets, yeah. are above them, which is crazy considering that they went from a, Gian- a Giannis-led mid-range yeah. post-type team 
to just firing away. And I mean, it, it's been a lot, not so Bledsoe. It's really been Middleton for me that's been the one player that's taken the next step, I guess. He's had a few 28, I think, or 25. Well, it's great games. when you're averaging like, what, 7.73 point attempts a game and you're shooting 65% from three in the first three games. So. Is that him right now? Middleton, yeah. Middleton, well, we'll uh, see how again, that, he's been doing well. We'll see how that uh, works against... Uh, the best perimeter defense in the NBA. Well, Middleton's going to get paid regardless. The end Middleton's of the season, nice Chris Middleton's going to get $30 million. Some team out there is going to offer him $30 million, 100%. He is like the high upside definition of a 3 and D. And I don't see how a guy like Jimmy Butler is that much better than Chris Middleton. Maybe Jimmy Butler is a more tenacious, ferocious yeah, defender. A little more, uh, but Jimmy Butler is so ball dominant. He's not that great of a shooter. He's a little bit overrated, personally. I don't know. I think Chris Middleton's a very good complementary piece to Giannis and, uh, you know, especially Bledsoe. both guys relatively young. Uh, Bledsoe, I'm a little bit iffy on him. Who's starting on that team at the center? Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez and then Giannis at the four? No, Ursan Ilyasova. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're going to wreck that team still. <laughs> well, they still have a lot of hypothetical upside. Uh, so and their schedule's been a little bit soft early going to it. You mentioned, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. All right, moving down the list. Uh, Celtics, 76ers, a little bit of a disappointment so far in the regular season. The Boston Celtics, ha! Ha, 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 are currently <laughs> sitting at uh, dismal 2-2. Two and two. 76ers, same record as well. Um, what's the biggest issue? Let's start with the Boston Celtics. What has been the biggest issue, Christian, with the Boston Celtics? Has it been like the rotation? Has it been you know, bringing Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving back in the fold? What do you see as like the main crux of the Celtics' early season issues or problems? I and mean, I say being 500 four games into the regular season isn't necessarily a problem, but, but like why haven't why haven't they won three games? No, they haven't. Games. Even when they've won, let's be honest. Yeah, and on, for me. The biggest, I think the obvious issue is you could say the rotation. But for me, it's the offense. I mean, right now, I think they're the third worst offensive team in the league in terms of like, last night they had, I think, 42 points at halftime. They're not scoring a lot. They get 90 well, that's roughly the pro- a game. Talk about this generation of basketball is dependent on the three point, three point shot and floor spacing. And Boston is the definition gun. of that. But they don't have any big physical guys that can necessarily drive the rain, lane to get that two point shot or guys who can settle for that 10, 15 foot jumper. You know or what I mean? Create the screens to. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Well, yeah, you mentioned yeah. earlier that Tatum has been lights out. Good. I think he's shooting twenty two percent though he's, from three. Really? Right now, yeah. The right like they faced the Magic last night. They lost to the Magic last night. Sorry, <laughs> they shot nine for forty from three. Like oh, they, they're not. I mean, again, it, it's one of those issues that if you look at the stat sheet, you'd be like, "How has no one pointed this out?" Yeah. Like, well, maybe people have, but their offense has not been good. And it's specifically, I think, their three-pointer. And again, the rotation, if you looked at the other night when they faced the Raptors, Jalen Brown wasn't in the final five at the end of the game because Terry Rozier was there. So they're still figuring it out. Because the Raptors went with two point guards. Exactly. I mean, the Fred Van Vliet and Lowry, and that's Nick Nurse playing a little bit Nick Nurse, baby. But at the same time, it's not like you couldn't have put Jalen Brown out there on on Fred Van Like Again, that's just a mismatch in my... it's, It's tough because... Yo, man. Again, they're going through the exact same thing that we're going through, and Brad Stevens is not a bad coach at all. So he's going to figure no. it out. They're going to figure out the rotation. Kyrie Irving looks just as good. Like his injury has been almost like Kawhi's a non-issue. Mm. He looks just like himself. A little streaky shooting, but beyond from that, he's again, they're good. all. It seems like they're all streaky shooting right shooting now. Shooting under forty percent. Yeah. I think he's the only guy in their starting rotation currently. Shooting I think the problem 40%. is too. They got too many. Uh, you know, they're going to have to trade someone. They got too much front end offensive talent now. Uh, you're starting Hayward and Irving, who are both, in my opinion, minus defenders. They're not plus defenders. They're bit like, like Hayward is big, but I think he's slow. Uh, I I don't 
I think right now your better bet is to go is to give extended minutes to Jason Tatum because he could be a monster. I think that they would regret this looks like a mistake. Well, Greg, you got to understand Gordon's only playing like what 24 minutes per game. Yeah, the season, right? Like he's not getting a lot of playing time. Like I guess he's averaging 12 points per game. He's getting in 40 minutes per be 24 points per game. Last year, defense first. Yeah, they won games defense first. And Gordon Hayward isn't a liability defensively. If anything, he's a plus. He looks slow. To me, he looks really slow. And uh, I mean, but look, keep in mind, you've watched back. you've watched about a minute of him last season, yeah, and about no, maybe five minutes from back. this season. No, and he big. played in Utah his entire career. He's a big, you know what? You can't label the guy that type of player based on the small sample size already, especially coming off that sort of injury. When you match Irving and him together uh, in a starting lineup, defensively, they're just not they're, they're offensive so you're, players. But you would say Hayward would be more expendable than Irving in this yeah. situation, yeah. They don't need. They don't need Gordon Hayward. They should. I think. Hey, to me, it's very obvious. They're not beating us if we have Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, look, they're gonna get better, obviously. Okay, but when I watched that game, it was clear to me in the first quarter. I'm like, they don't have anybody that can guard this guy, and and Kawhi can guard all of them. Right. Right. And I've been there watching the Raptors having guys like DeRozan out there trying to match up against LeBron. If oh, you by got the-, the better wing talent, Christian, do you see the uh, Gordon Hayward video game League of Legends commercial? No, I didn't know. Oh, my God. Okay, there's a video game out there called League of Legends. It's like hardcore computer nerd game. Apparently, Gordon Hayward's like a hardcore computer nerd as well when it comes to video gaming. And it's like this like weird League of Legends like advertisement commercial about Gordon Hayward in this like anime style coming back from this like catastrophic injury. Because nothing says anime and video games like Gordon Hayward. Um, nerd weird. culture. All right, let's move down to the Philadelphia 76ers. Also tuned to... Joel Embiid's look like an absolute monster to start the regular season. He I will give one. him that. Ben Simmons has been injured. JJ Reddick's been cutting it up off the bench. 22 points per game. Uh, but beyond from that, you know, you're not really seeing what you would like at a Markel Fultz, especially coming into his second oh, no. season as a professional. Obviously, the jump shot or shot in general was an issue last season. Uh, Saric is kind of kind of iffy. Uh, issues of his shot to start the season as well. Guys, what are your impressions of the Philadelphia 76ers four games in? Yo, Fultz, man. Uh, this is the strangest situation I've ever seen. You, you start the guy in that first game against was Boston. You start him, okay, and then he plays three minutes in the second half. I understand, like, I guess the coach is saying, yo, we actually can't win with this guy on the court. But, like, you need him to play to develop. And, like, as a number one pick, like, the expectations are high. And as a guard in today's NBA, like... Uh, like obviously there's a mental block going on he changed his shooting stroke I really wish he hadn't because it doesn't matter how it looks right if it goes in it goes in man but without that third like, player let's think of this logically play- though let's think about this absolutely logically though, because we just read the headlines and we speculate um, well, and I formulate watched. a conclusion that situation. you the, do you honestly believe Greg you are working toward a PhD do you believe that like that was the primary issue of Markel Fultz what? when it comes um, to like he changes jump shot. That you're telling me a I first overall it's... pick from Washington, the number one guy yeah. of the draft, getting scouted for years before coming to the NBA, and then lo and behold, his shot doesn't work because it's broken or no, he no, got no, retaught. I, no, I'm 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 just saying in general. I don't think it's a, I think it's a confidence. I think it's a mental issue. Yeah. Yeah, I no, think no, it's a coaching that, issue. I don't think his jump shot's broken. No, no, I think no. a professional athlete. Who's in a situation to be the number one overall pick? His and then the excuses, his kind of new jump shot. I don't know. I no, think no, no, it's all psychological. Psycholo- no, no, no. I think it's combined. No, you're 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 exactly right. It, it's totally 
a psychological thing that he's battling, right? And his confidence has been absolutely shot. But you're right. It's weird. It's strange. And there's no like, like definitive I, I answer I to this, hitch, right? I see a hitch in mm-hmm. his shot. When he shoots it, whereas the you were showing me highlights of this kid two years ago, and he shot it kind of from over his shoulder. Just but the, it was all, fluid. The all the was scouts, fluid. all the scouts scouring through the information. All the scouts, like not only looking at the video footage, but looking at all the analytics, all the yeah. numbers, etc. The days, the hours, whatever, the months of research I went into that kid, and none of these scouts had any concerns or qualms about his broken jump shot. I find no, that kind of stupid. No, no, no. But it, it, it didn't. He didn't used to shoot it like this. He's he changed it in when he got into the no NBA. exactly exactly but no, right? no I don't but why I, guess, I don't right? think I guess he the question is someone, why would he I do think that someone I think basically like convinced him to try to I don't think it. it was anybody I think it was all psychological I think he came into the season I just don't think he's a big game performer I don't think he can show up when it matters the most I don't think he can handle the spotlight I don't think he can handle the lights I don't think he can handle the attention I think he's not naturally playing to his utmost potential physically and mentally in combination in both. I just think he's overanalyzing every single moment on the court, and it's impacting it's his clear jump that he's shot. He's overthinking everything, and, and it's on a can't. like it's on a broken shot because everyone's like throwing out like he was like dealing with some other shot guy, like guy was helping him shot before the draft, and that guy ruined his shot. I, I, I don't believe any. He of had no. He's changed the mechanics of his jump shot from when the clips you showed me. He used to shoot it over his shoulder. Now, now he squares. No, up. but I'm saying his, his changes his mechanics is yeah. not him going out of his way to fix his shot. It's him having a, like a, a mental lapse, and because that mental labs it's fucking up with his jump shot see Brandon I'm interested to know do you think this has anything to do with like the small school like not being like you mentioned before like he hasn't he doesn't like the spotlight he's one of those players that, that doesn't perform well in it is it anything to do with like a small school kind of guy or like fragile you know I mean? personality like in general yeah and have you always thought this about Fultz or like no no and like last season we can listen to the podcast last season like I still like I was in agreement in the sense like his shots broken like something happened he went to like some sort of sh- like shooting clinic and they fucked up his shot just looking at this on the surface, though, it's a weird story, and it has to be mental for him. And like, the Sixers you're te- haven't done him any help. Like clearly. you're telling, because you're, you're you're telling me in the offseason after being drafted first overall, the 76ers were like, okay, yeah, go go go, fucking play around with the shot doctor. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I just I don't know. It's 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 a strange story, and it sucks for Markel. And I without think the guy him, has a ton of talent, but without him, Boston doesn't have the the same sorry not Boston Philly doesn't have the same upside because Ben Simmons and I you know what and Kraft was on about this guy right early Ben Simmons is a stud well he's right? their MVP he's a stud he's amazing okay but he legitimately also cannot shoot like a lick like uh, like I play basketball recreationally and I can shoot better Okay, and that, and I'm not a great shooter, right? But he's never had to shoot because he's so athletic. Mm-hmm. So you can't have two guys like that in the modern NBA. Like, where does your shot come from in late game situations? Christian, it let can't me ask come from Christian, let me ask you a question. So last season, you saw the Washington Wizards and John Wall went out, and lo and behold, the team somehow was playing better. You know, John Wall wasn't dominating the ball. They're more fluid in their passing. They're opening the floor up, etc. Passing lanes open up. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, do you think a similar thing could happen with the Philadelphia 76ers with Ben Simmons, especially he was a liability as a shooter? Um, do you think this team, based on their current roster, could potentially be a better team without Ben in the fold? No, I don't. No, no. And what's, a, and what's the difference in the situation between Ben Simmons and John Wall, and uh, and I guess both instances? Yeah, I mean, again, so I I don't think Washington overall was a, was a better team when John Wall was out. I mean, I know they won more games, but again, I, I think first of all, it was a product I think of their schedule. It was early March or late March when that happened, when a lot of teams were kind of 
already, you know, Packed not in. to mention people are trying to really make an impression when someone goes out like that. Ben Simmons going out means Markel Fultz gets the minutes. And even though he didn't play, he had his best. So just to give him credit, he had his best game of the season against against the Pistons and they didn't play him in the final 10 minutes of the game. So again, like the team doesn't really have confidence in him even when he's kind of doing well. So it's, it's yeah, tough. That's I, what I'm saying. It's fucked up to me. But at the same time, Ben Simmons being in the lineup and everything like that, I think it just takes so much pressure off of someone like Markel Fultz where he doesn't yeah. have to be the man. Cause I agree with Brandon. I don't think he is someone who's built for sort of number one guy spotlight, anything like that. And having Ben Simmons as the number one player, having, Joel Embiid is number one social media and media yeah. distraction. It's perfect for him. It's just when he gets thrown into the mix of being all of a sudden number one, Philadelphia completely struggles and they lose to a team, you know, like the even though the Pistons are doing well. Yeah. No, they should be beating a team like the Pistons right now. So no, I don't I don't think Ben Simmons not playing on the team helps them. I think the main difference, if anything, is that Ben Simmons just makes everyone else be, like more makes, comfortable yeah. as opposed to John Wall making everybody else more hungry. <laughs> yeah, look, Ben Simmons is a good teammate. And the Washington John Wall is weird. not a good teammate. I think that's the difference, right? That to me is really what it is. When you play with a guy like John Wall, you play selfishly. When you play with a good teammate, you want to play selflessly. All right, moving down the list of the Eastern Conference, another team that looks relatively decent, I guess we'll put it, four games <laughs> in the season, would be the Orlando Magic. Uh, big win Monday against the Boston Celtics. Came one point from beating the Philadelphia 76ers last Saturday. True. Um, you talk it like, I, I, oh my God, how can I put this? I, I hate this roster. Like, like, <laughs> like how many years you go into your draft picking guys for hypothet- hypothetical upside based on length and size? They don't have a fucking point guard on their team. You know what I mean? Like, there's no guard play. There's no, like, stretch three. There's just big guys. I guess Jonathan Isaac is a stretch three, but realistically, he's a power forward. You know, Mo Bamba still is is a hypothetical, lanky, upside Aaron Gordon. Like, you have three top five picks in a row, and it'll really work out. Yeah, but you're talking about you have three top five picks in a row, and only one of them works out, and that's when he plays for Indiana, not for your team in Victor Oladipo. You had Oladipo. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I just said. Yeah, like Serge Ibaka, who then you trade for Terrence Ross. So you traded Victor Oladipo. It's like you know, but we do have Alfred Payton, so I guess we have to trade Victor Oladipo. (laughs) Said nobody. Um, I know Christian. You want to talk a little bit about Jonathan Isaac? uh, A little bit of the diamond in the rough. Uh, He like, and I, I'm in agreement with you. Mm -hmm. I think he's the guy. If anything has the sort of physical traits and the skill set to emerge as a superstar, not a superstar star. Let me backtrack a bit a star or a serviceable guy face of the organization type which clearly the team hasn't had since you know Dwight Howard um, what are your thoughts on this kid do you think he has that sort of you know potential do you think he's a 20 point per game 8 rebound 4 assist kind of guy or is he just another lost draft pick for the Orlando Magic no that's obviously why I brought him up or wanted to, to talk about him is because I, for me I mean I watched the the highlights of the game of the Celtics and the Magic um Again, where the Magic beat the Celtics. And uh, Jonathan Isaac was sort of, like you said, the, the the one player that stood out for me and was so efficient. They used him down the stretch. He's sort of a rookie now that, or not a rookie, I guess. He's, he's a player that's being depended on in their system. And I think the opportunity is there for him. I saw him hit multiple threes, uh, had no problem driving the basket, is good in the post. Uh, no, I think he definitely could be one of those players as soon as he gets more comfortable in their system. Uh, the only problem is the Magic have a player similar to him in Aaron Gordon. 
And it's it's weird. Like you said, he's not really a three. He's more of a four. It's kind of the same way as Aaron Gordon to me. But the the Magic, the, I think they had a hot start last year as well. They did. And, and then they just ended up one of the worst teams in the league. Same thing will happen this year. I, I have no doubt about that. I don't think <laughs> DJ Augustine is going to be the player to, to lead them. Yeah. Like you said, he's their point guard right now. And for me, Jonathan Isaac is the one player they have to make sure they keep. They have to make sure they develop as much as give him as much minutes as po- as many minutes as possible. Because I personally think this guy is sort of has that potential to be a sort of a superstar. I think I think he does have the potential to be a superstar, not just a star in the league. But that's my hot take on Jonathan Isaac. Isaac. Uh, <laughs> moving down the list, we got Chicago Bulls. Um, Zach Levine is kind of emerging as one of the most uh, dynamic offensive threats in the NBA. I don't know if that's a good way to put it. Um, Certainly as a guard, yeah. Pulling up the stats right now in three games so far. 32 points per game, shooting about 62% from the field, 45% from three. Um, what, are, what are your thoughts on Zach Levine? Because he's a definition of like stat stuffer, complete liability on defense. Um, like he's a guy that like like he's like like uh, like a Ricky Davis type, a guy oh. on like a shitty team that can put up a lot of numbers. Like what is, is he? He, though? he you look at the advanced statistics about Zach Levine's defense. He's arguably one of the worst defense defenders. But when you in call the NBA. him a Ricky Davis type, that is a particular type. That like, was the first name that came to mind. Room? Give me give me a second. <laughs> let me let me, let me sit with it for a moment, and then I'll think of a better player to comp. Uh, Christian, I know it's another guy you kind of want to bring up as well, Zach Levine. Do you think he can become like, uh, like what is what is his comparative value in the NBA at this point of the season? Even if he does average thirty points per game. Well, I mean, I think he's. You're right because he is a player that excels on a bad team, um, but he's still young. He, but that's the thing. See, for me, and the reason I wanted to bring up Zach Levine specifically is because I do think he's going to be one of the top scorers in the league this year. Mm-hmm. He's going to be sort of that. He's going to win, in my opinion. Comeback Player of the Year, or whatever it is, whatever that award's called, uh, most improved, I guess, most improved player. I don't know. Injuries have been such a big problem for for him. He's also ne- he never had the chance really in Minnesota, in my mind. Well, he he that one season when he was playing, he was dropping about twenty points per game prior to his injury. Mm-hmm. Um, again, in that situation, he was getting the ball in the basket, but he couldn't play in crunch time. He was such a liability defensively. It's just the, the question I have for you is like like. Is this a, a third team All NBA guy if he averages thirty points per game? Is he an All Star if he averages? You know what I mean? On like team, I just think he's the most he's going to be the most surprising player that, mm-hmm. that people aren't going to even realize he's going to be doing that well. They're going to check the stat sheets of leading league leading league leaders and points. He's going to always be there. I don't know. For me, I just have a feeling he's going to have a really good season. Uh, he shoots so well. Like there's so many players that have gone so far and have made third-team All-NBA based purely on their shooting. And it's not like he doesn't have the athleticism to be a good defender. Um, no, that, well, maybe you know, coming off the injury, that's kind of a question mark, but you're right. Like uh, On paper, he does have, like you just said, the hypothetical upside to be a competent defender or even an A-plus defender. Because, yeah, and again, like if there's a comparable, like you said, of Ricky Davis earlier, I think it's almost similar in a way to like Andrew Wiggins. Not in the same sense that they're, I mean, again, their defense, like you said, has always been suspect. God-given talent. But like, look at the money that Wiggins got and... Levine is on a, you know, again, on a team that can do something like that. I just think there's way more. I would rather have Levine on my team than Wiggins any day of the week. And I think Levine. Really, eh? Yeah, for sure. Like a Michael Red, maybe. There we go. Yeah, sure. Michael but Red, again, okay. like that's. Like not skill set, but like league value, if that makes sense. That's right? a really good player, though, at the time. Like 
for, for certain scenarios. No, no, for sure. It's just that if that if you're if you're structuring your offense around that one guy, does that necessarily make you a championship contender? But you know what? I love the Bulls like hype like upside. I love their roster. I love like I, I'm a big Chris Dunn guy. I think he could be like a middle of the road lockdown defender at a point Markkinen. guard position. Laurie Markkinen, Wendell Carter as well. Eh. You know, even Jabari Parker. If you are Fred Hoiberg, who is the most important guy on that roster when it comes to development? Like who's the guy that you just need to really push every practice, every night, give him his opportunities, let him learn from his mistakes. Like who is that guy that team should be building around other than Larry Mercannon? Jabari Parker, you said him. Jabari for, for Parker. Me, yeah. he, he, he looks like he's really, he's shooting threes. He's doing everything he did when he was at his prime. And if he continues that throughout the season, and like you said, they ride him hard. Cause I don't, I, I think he's never had the minutes. He was always disappointed in Milwaukee. They kind of have to almost give him what he wants, but at the same time make sure he's working for it. It's probably a better fit there in Chicago for but him. But he has potential, so much potential to be a Again, Chicago's one of those teams that's sort of ripe with potential. You mentioned three players right there with yeah. with Lloyd Markinen. A couple years, unfortunately, be a playoff team. Unfortunately, Chris Dunn had the injury, but he was looking really, really good at the beginning of the year. I don't know. Like It's a team that if you're in a rebuild right now, Chicago's not the worst roster to have. No. Talking about teams of upside, let's talk about teams who have been very, well, I wouldn't say disappointing, but very underwhelming this season. The Cleveland Cavaliers, currently sitting 0-3, the LeBron James-less Cleveland Cavaliers, currently sitting 0-3. Um, blow it up. Blow this it up. sucks. Like, they're awful. It, it really shows how, ba- how bad LeBron had it, I think. Well, let's have a quick discussion. Let's kind of transfer this into a discussion about the Rookie of the Year race. Let's talk about Colin Saxon briefly. I've watched a little bit of tape on this guy. You know what I see a lot of? Monte Ellis, unfortunately. <laughs> I don't think he's ever going to be like a number one guy. I don't think he's ever going to be if like the like the, the all-star face defense. of the organization. Monte play defense. He's a guy. He's a six-man. Okay. On a good, on a decent team. Okay. <laughs> yeah, to uh, me, he plays hard. Like that's the thing is like I don't know. For me, he plays hard, and so that's a, enough. But Kevin no, loves Kevin loves putting up some big stats, but they need more. Look, first of all, just a quick because the Cavs don't deserve too much time. I think they I think they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league. Uh-huh. I think they're probably going to be in the race for RJ Barrett, and if they do get RJ Barrett, but then good, they have good to on make, them. I think they'll look. I think that just from veteran pride alone, they they won't be in the basement. I don't think they'll be a playoff team necessarily, but God, no. but but I don't think they have. They're not shitty enough to be in one of those prime uh, spots. So if they really want, like they have to make a decision. I don't, it's a prediction. It's, it's a no, tough saying, prediction. Yeah, yeah, but I don't yeah, think they're going to be. No, they have to make a decision. I think uh, right uh, because if ha- you know, in a couple weeks they're probably going to see it. Right, they're going to see it early, and in that case, got to put Kevin Love up. Put him up for sale, man. Lots of teams. I could see a team like Houston, right, wanting no, to pick sure. up K- uh, K-Love, right? He could make a difference. Somebody please make a team to challenge the Warriors, please. <laughs> please. Uh, yeah, then, they're called the Toronto Raptors. Brandon, we're still up. We're, we're not. We'll see. I think we're a player away still. Maybe Jimmy Butler. You, you mentioned, sorry, the, the rookie of the year race as well. Well, let's talk about that quickly. You got Trey Young, I would obviously averaging 23 points per game. Luka. The guy's going to get any, every opportunity to shoot the season. The Atlanta Hawks, arguably the worst team in the NBA. Uh, Luka Doncic looks great so far as well. Uh, obviously, stuff in the stats, you know, doing his 18 points per game. Got, it's the you way know, he's doing it. Yeah, he's looked uh, solid as well. Jaron Jackson's got 15 as well. Marvin Bagley, Aiden. 14 and a half. Aiden's been kind of iffy. Amari Spellman's actually been pretty good on Atlanta. It's too early yet. Christian, what, who is the early favorite for the year? Because I'm, I'm just, Trey, Trey Young is going to just run 
and run with this. He's going to be averaging 20 points per game for probably the shittiest team in the NBA. Get every opportunity to shoot the ball, like I just mentioned. It's going to be between Trey Young and Luka Doncic. I don't think there's anyone even close right now. You mentioned a bunch of names, but DeAndre Ayton has been the most disappointing for me. I thought his physicality would be able to transfer to the NBA, and it looks like he's been sort of dominated. On the, the flip side, Jaron Jackson Jr. looked fantastic. 15-7. and seven. First, though. Like at first, he's had some dud games. Like he, It, it took him a while. At first, I thought he was going to be a bust. I mm-hmm. saw his first two games or the highlights of them, it didn't didn't look good. But that's not right. He slowly he's the best defender out of any big in this draft easily. And uh, I'm 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 big on Jaron Jackson. Bagley's look somewhat competent, I guess. He's looked better than you thought. Worse (laughs) than I thought. I think that's the best way to put it. That's a great way to put it. Wendell Carter Jr. been pretty disappointing for me, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, There's, I guess. The, the most surprising or the one that I like the most is Shea Gildress Alexander. The, the yeah. Canadian. The way that he... Shout out. They're going to use him a lot. Doc Rivers likes him. Again, we talk about players who play hard like Jimmy Butler and all these other ones. Like He's one who plays hard mm-hmm. and he's got that length and athleticism. Good motor. 8.5 points per game, 3.5 rebounds, 3.5 assists, and, and I'm just under 25 minutes paper. And, that's and exactly that's the thing. He's not going to... I don't think he's going to be the stat stuffer. He's going to be that guy that just you want to put on the floor because you yeah. know... Yeah. It's like a better Sean Livingston good. maybe. Yeah, exactly. And again, I think they had him guarding James Harden for multiple points of that game. What like, bastard. They have well, again, six, 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 seven, right? Harden yeah, scored yeah, as well, yeah. but he, he, they're trusting him early. He's going to get a lot of chances. He's got a lot of potential as well. All right. Uh, there's a few topics that we could have got to the East. We're running a little low on time. And honestly, I just want to have a discussion about uh, Roger Reno spitting in Chris Paul's face. So let's switch to the Western <laughs> Conference. Uh, let's start off with that, guys. A little big beef, a couple suspensions, start the regular season. Nice to see the guys I actually want to play some ferocity, some anger. So obviously, everyone knows what went down the other day between the Houston Rockets and the Los Angeles Lakers. If you don't know, Apparently, allegedly, Rojan Rondo spat in the face of Chris Paul. Chris Paul reacted by pointing him in the face. Rondo threw a punch. Paul threw a punch. Um, Brendan Ingram lost his mind for some reason. I know. I didn't even realize Brendan Ingram had like a morsel of anger in his heart. Um, (laughs) Which he acknowledged. Greg, I'll give it to you. Well, first of all, it can be established, like, despite what Rondo says. He clearly, like, it, it wasn't clear at first. When I see a spit, okay, when I see someone fucking spit... That is like a direct loogie into someone's direction. He just looked like he was foaming at the mouth, if anything. Like a lot of liquid came in his mouth. But it was like it was like it was like a horizontal spray in his mouth. At first, no, at first, when I watched the clip, I was like, oh, he must have said something about his mama or something. And that or his baby mama. No, wait, no, he has a wife. Sorry. No, no disrespect, CP3. Okay. But then when I because I just saw Paul, I kind of like poke him in the eye like that, and that's how it started, right? But when you there's an angle that you could see that you could see the spit like he got really close and he kind of did like one of those. I guess the listeners can't see what I'm doing with with my mouth, but it's when you kind of spit from like the bottom part of your mouth. Right. You don't. Right. There's a particular way to do it. And that's what Rondo did. And Rondo's the type of guy that will do things like that to get under your skin and know how to kind of hide it. And listening to his excuse like, oh, if you looked at my body language, it didn't look like I was a guy. It didn't look like I I, I meant to spit. No, it doesn't matter. But you clearly like like launched a loogie at his face. It's clear if you look at that one angle that I think it was Rachel Nichols put out. But I, I don't know. To me, like you said, I don't agree with your assessment that a loogie is the only way that you can spit in someone's face. It's clear. No, there was a distinct like chunk of spit. Yeah, you. Could, it wasn't a spray. 
It was it was a chunk. There and was a loogie. Immediately after that, Chris Paul wipes his face. Yeah, which you means see him you get can hit. obviously tell he got hit. He then puts his finger in his face and then Rondo sucker punches him. <laughs> like, I mean, I feel bad. I I feel bad for Chris Paul, but again, my hatred for Rondo in this. He got a couple bias, shots on Rondo too. Bias aside, Rondo was clearly in the wrong, not only during this incident, but after the aftermath so far has been he's denied he spat. He said that Chris Paul's a bad teammate. He's alleging that. Like, could you take this any worse? Uh, for for yeah. me, and, and then I know Chris Paul sound, it looks embarrassing coming from this whole situation. Ronald's a man. My little chime in right there. <laughs> look, 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 Catch look, some shade where you're Rondo, I interrupt you on your line of thought with that fucking stupid. <laughs> no, he's a Rondo is a basketball. Someone savant. defend Rondo. Someone he's, defend his actions there. I dare you. Yeah. No, I. I think all right. I'll, def- I'll, I'll defend his actions. Chris Paul has kind of garnered a reputation as being not the friendliest guy to play basketball with. That's not anything Yo, new. He has a high standard. You can you remember when Demarcus Cousins literally yanked Isaiah Thomas away from him to shake his hand? So I think that sort of is basically Rondo paints. has done so much shady shit as well. So let, let's just go. Let's just go fact for fact here. They're both pretty. I mean, teammates like Rondo, but other players in the league don't like playing against him. But let's just agree that nobody likes Rondo and Paul. No, but you know what? I would yeah, rather have people. I would rather have like my three. teammates like me and my and my opponents dislike me than have my teammates dislike. Can you imagine me how everybody aw- else like me? Can you imagine how awkward that would be for LeBron James? It's like that's my teammate, but it's also my best. But hold friend. on, if he wasn't holding doing? Chris Paul like he was. He was holding him while uh, uh, Brandon Ingram socked him in the nose, no man. One, no one saw Brandon Ingram. Again, like you said earlier. like Dr. Why, J holding why Bird. Did, why did Brandon Ingram push hard? Why, pu- why was he so upset? He pulled a Steven Jackson in the mouths in the palace. It's like, oh, shit's going down. I better fucking start throwing my Yo, but here's my question. How come no one How come no one came to Chris Paul's defense when, when LeBron was holding him down and Ingram come and nailed him? How come no one... Were you at P.J. Tucker? On, on, what's that? Were you at P.J. Tucker? Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying, man. Where was where was Mellow and all that? I just Your boy just got punked. He just got sucker punched. Well, it's funny. If you watch the video as well, Harden does literally nothing. Harden is the one who gets fouled originally. He's confused. And then eventually, you just see him walking after Brandon Ingram comes in from behind him. And so I think Brandon Ingram was just so fast. No one expected it. No one really even saw the punch. I don't think he connected really with anyone. Or maybe he? it's that... Chris Paul's a shit teammate, and no one wanted to go to war for him. But again, what what does Rondo have any business being in this fight when, he, again, it's clear his teammates started it. Chris Paul was originally talking to the ref they don't like each about other, the right? fact that it should have been an and one, a continuation on the foul, uh, when they didn't call it that. That's what he was talking about, and Rondo yeah. comes out of nowhere. For the Lakers, though, face. it's all about what happens now, because these things, you know— these things can be used as rallying calls for teams and have a positive impact, or they could be remembered as like, oh, just like another moment in a season that fell apart, and that's the first sign of it. So the Lakers have to really look at themselves now in the mirror. It's a flawed roster. They've already lost their composure to start the year, right? They, they kind of have to kind of get together uh, around this and move forward. Uh, this isn't breaking news. This is just an, an, a, something I want to bring up right now really, really quickly. Um, so ESPN just released 
Uh, a very, a, 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 I guess, a quote from an interview with former NBA Commissioner David Stern. Uh, sorry, David Stern was speaking with Sports Illustrated in an in-depth interview and basically was discussing the Dell Demps uh, trade, Chris Paul trade, the veto. Everyone knows the veto uh-huh. from him going to the Lakers. Essentially, Demps, what his quote is, Demps had agreed to trade Paul to the Lakers for Kevin Martin and Louis Scola or something. And I said, we can do better than that, said David Stern. The next trade was to the LA Clippers for Eric Gordon and Al Aminu and what we thought was really good draft pick, the 10th pick, which turned out to be Austin Rivers. At least <laughs> those three and someone else, Senator Chris Kamen. But Dell Demps, this is what David Stern said, but Dell Demps is a lousy general manager and none of those players are currently with the team anymore and he may lose Anthony Davis. Is he speaking at a turn? Should David Stern just shut his mouth? Or does he have anything valid here? Because no, that's I, pretty. I don't know. I, that's, I I read that earlier, and to me, David Stern just sounds petty. He sounds. Yeah, he does. I think he does, it's yeah. pretty. It's pretty obvious that the trade he would have got at first was better than that trade. Yeah. Like he would have had Goran Dragic, Lamar Odom. He would have had a, like a whole starting lineup on <laughs> his team that probably would have made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like the everyone, everyone is confused why he didn't make that trade, and it's I, in my opinion, some grudge against the Lakers versus the Clippers. <laughs> and I don't even know if I don't even know if he's gonna leave New Orleans. They've started off so well. Davis to me seems like a loyal dude. I know he signed with with Rich Paul, but lots of guys signed with. He Rich sounds Paul. so petty, Davis Stern. Like why? Well, what's the point? It's of, kind of embarrassing, personally, in my yeah, opinion. What now? He's what three or four years removed, so now he starts speaking his mind. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know. Like he was never. Like, they yeah. swept the third seed in the playoffs last year. Yet you had the audacity yeah. to criticize a guy who orchestrated and created this roster to sweep the Portland Trailblazers in four. That's completely out of turn. I'm a little like David Stern has done a lot of great things for the NBA. Uh, don't get me wrong, but he is completely out of line. Uh, a little comment from the Pelicans organization: We are very disappointed to read the inappropriate and inaccurate comments from the former NBA commissioner regarding our New Orleans Pelicans. Our organization has the utmost confidence in our GM. Dell Demps. He's part of our family and NBA family. All right. Sorry. I thought I'd throw that in there very, very quickly. Just talking about the Los Angeles Lakers briefly. Uh, currently, the Lakers are winless 0 and 3. Um, anytime, is it, can't the panic button, Christian? Can they win without three point shooting? What is the biggest issue with the Lakers in the first three games of the regular season? And can they overcome these issues and hopefully earn a playoff spot toward the end of the year or next year, rather? Well, no, LeBron can't do it all himself. And Brandon Ingram, as stupid as that punch was, he's looked good. And same Kuzma with Kuzma. Looked good, yeah. Same yeah. with Kuzma. Like they have potential, but and even honestly, I hate to admit it, but Lonzo Ball can shoot kind of. Like it seems pretty crazy, but mm-hmm. again, he he's always shot well, kind of even in even in college. So it's, just that his it, release it, takes long. It, it looks weird. So, it but takes again, long. doesn't matter. It's all about if it go if it's got backspin and it goes in. Yeah, I mean, Josh Miller Hart's shot, great as well. Reggie Miller shot funny. I just think that the problem is Rondo. You got to get him off the roster. <laughs> Look at this guy. <laughs> Every team, no. like again, like no, it's not Rondo. It's the fact that they have too many like passers. It's that, it's, it's that they have Rondo and Ball, who aren't great shooters, and LeBron. Look, LeBron yeah. is great. He is he is all time great, but he is not a great shooter. I agree. And right again, now, the LA Lakers have two guys shooting over. 20% for the regular... No, let's say... Oh, yeah. Let's say shooting over 28% for the regular season. Who are those two shooters? Uh, over... Kuzma? 28%. Kuzma? Nope. What's that? What's the boy LeBron. from Kansas? The white boy? Nope. <laughs> Sv- 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 Sv-
That would be Josh Hart and someone you just mentioned, Lonzo Ball. Josh Hart, I like Josh Lonzo Hart. Lonzo Ball, hey, Brandon, man. Brandon, you know what their problem Impressed. is? They don't cut any... Um, uh, rim protection outside JaVale McGee, man. Well, he is averaging 15 points per game, but he is also averaging 24 no, minutes per game. But you can't put, like, they, they're playing, they're thinking that, that they're going to play LeBron at center for extended periods of time. Are you nuts? Like, you really want to put that guy's body through all that shit? That's crazy. Also, man. Contavious Caldwell Pope has been a complete liability in the court the this bread year. Man. How's that man earn like thirty-two million dollars? He's tricked every GM. No, because he's he signed with Clutch. The hustler. That's it. That yeah. yeah. Well, I think the biggest problem for the Lakers is that they've been put together by. Oh, that's that's uh, that's an alarm saying that uh, I have a, a thought about the Lakers. But no, no. no <laughs> um, I, I would say that it happens eighteen times a day at work. Yeah, of course, it's weird. But I think it's the fact that it's been constructed by Magic Johnson, and they have Magic Johnson's DNA all over the team because they're a bunch of. Uh, I don't know. That's, that's let's rephrase what you just said there quickly, please. Hold on, but I I like that they're playing in well, the image let's... of the Showtime Lakers. Oh no, no, they're much better than they were last year. They're much better than they were last year. They're, to me, they're, they're, there's no doubt about that, but it's that they're somewhat incomplete. They're somewhat incomplete. They lack the three-point shooting, obviously, and they also lack a secondary big man that, that can run in the offense that they've created. They're just incomplete. I think a, a couple trades would really benefit this team. Well, who's going to tra- like? I mean, I guess you can start, yeah, picking it apart. They should have gone for Kawhi when they had the fucking chance. You don't waste a year of LeBron's prime. Uh, all right, moving down the list. Uh, last topic we went to in the Western Conference. Greg, give me a couple minutes on the San Antonio Spurs. And more importantly, the former Raptor himself, DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, you know what? Hasn't it been, it's been to me a joy to watch DeMar in this stage of his career. He's playing better. Like, he's, to me, when I see him play right now, he's playing better than I've ever seen him play. Like, he looks like the best basketball version of himself. I actually think that this trade, ultimately, I mean, I'm hoping, because people said that the Spurs weren't going to make the playoffs because the American media has no respect for any player that's ever played in Toronto. And now that he's down there and he's lighting it up, everyone's like, oh, man, DeMar is so good. Where did this come from? He's such a great passer. Her pop taught him how to pass. No, the guy works on his game every single year. The one issue is he's still not the greatest defender, and yep. that is hurting San he's Antonio. He's the worst defender on the team right now. Mind you, mind you, I really enjoy, like, I... I I love watching the San Antonio system, right? And it's been really great to see DeMar have that support, right? His shots aren't as forced as they as they were in Toronto. So that's been really nice to see. Uh, for me, it's the, the, the sort of, I guess, chemistry or early chemistry you see between LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan. Like, that pick and roll is dangerous. Dead. Well, DeRozan <laughs> was deadly. dropping dimes the other day. I guess he's yeah. going to have to, you know, with... Uh, like, like, do they have a, White? White just got injured, right? Yeah, man. Dejounte Murray's gone for the season. He's basically yeah. playing. Tony like, Parker's gone. Yeah. Patty Mills not a traditional point guard. Britton Forbes and Patty Mills are the, yeah. the Forbes you know. and Mills. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's been carrying the ball up. Like, yeah, he's been their main passer. But the, with Pop's system, though, a lot of the time, from what I've noticed, anyways, is they're just screening and rolling with with, with, Aldridge, with those man. two until the, the other team can figure out how to stop it. You know and what? And Gaze looked hard. pretty good too. Gaze looked pretty good on that team as well. He's he's 
always the forgotten guy, I think, because yeah. he was once, what, a 23, 24-point scorer, and he's yeah. capable of doing well, he it. He was in basketball purgatory for a long time there yeah. in Sacramento. All right, we're going to end this podcast with a little brief discussion on the Toronto Raptors media coverage. I think for the last couple of years, and one of the biggest reasons why Greg and I started this podcast, because the team didn't really get much love or respect in the international market, more no importantly respect. in the U.S., but we're kind of seeing this change, especially in the start of this regular season, um, where a lot of you know media pundits are predicting them to go pretty far in the season a lot of love for the team um graphic was mentioned that really awesome article written by the ringer about the emergence of the raptors as a legitimate contender of the season One in sports guys w- well. do you think we're, we're we're garnering more respect or do you still think we're we're that like you know younger brother up north we'll be um okay first of all going into this season we were not predicted everyone picked boston everyone and everyone and their mother picked boston even though over the last several years we've had boston's number okay yeah, and we were first place in the East, and we got better, but still pick Boston, okay? So this recent attention is only because Boston has lost, has looked, they looked like shit in the preseason too. Boston hasn't looked good, and it's only because we're 4-0. Now, there's been a little bit of coverage. Mind you, you still go on like, when I, I watch the jump just to see Rachel Nichols ignore us. It makes me so mad. She spends the whole time talking about the fucking Lakers, okay? You listen to first take. Still no love. I don't think we get the respect until we go to the finals. Even then, we might not get the respect. And everyone's just assuming that Kawhi is going to leave. But do we deserve the respect? I think so. I think we're the best team in the East. It's, We've it's, been the best team in the East. For, okay, just a, a few points. So I, I think that most people before the season in fairness, would say that the Raptors are a bit of a question mark because they lost their best player from last year <laughs> and they gained someone who's coming off a catastro- catastrophic... It wasn't in, a big injury. In, in air quotes, <laughs> Every, I'm putting he this. He was fine. No one can see it. Injury. So, he was <laughs> he fine. He was fine. He looks, uh, he's fine. Look, he, the games he came back last year, he did not look fine. Yo, he sat because of a, an issue with the team. Like, he could have played. He pulled a VC? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Just, again, though, the fact of not playing basketball for a full season and If a half. he were on Boston, do you think those question marks would have still, uh, pundits would have still given them a lower seating at if, the if, ranking? Ew, no, yeah, they would have wait, assumed wait, wait. he'd be back to normal. If, you're, if your girlfriend was pregnant and then you're trying to find the gender of the child and he went to two doctors and they said, they're a boy, but you really want a girl. So he went to the third opinion and it was like some weird hack doctor, but he's like, oh, it's a girl for sure, for sure. Give me my fucking money. I don't know. What That's the, the way it'd be the Kawhi Leonard situation with his injury because he went to two doctors, okay? They said he's perfectly fine to play basketball. Oh, okay. He went to the third one and they're like, no, no, no. It's a quad injury. He's out for the season. That That's the way I view the injury. I mean... Did, did that clear it up for you, Graf? God, that made that more confusing. Than anything. Yeah, that was a great analogy. Come on. That was the most random. Anyways. That made perfect sense. Come on. That's a that's a seven and a half and a ten and right Nick there. And the Nick Nurse was like, oh, they got a new coach. He, he's the one that implemented our offense last year. Like, it's not that much of a carryover, right? You have all these young pieces. To me, it's like, yo, this team is... Cl- we won 59 games last year. We're clearly going to be better. Like, we got a top player in the world. It's, like, it's again, it's about excitement. And you got to cater to your fan base, right? So, these shows, a lot of them are based out of the U.S., have a U.S. audience. They're just shown in Canada. Yeah, it's fiction. So, yeah, but and a lot of the time, it's look, not reporting when the or Raptors, journalism, it's fiction. No, but look, but think about it. When the Raptors were most famous or most known in the U.S. is when we had Vince, Vince Carter, Carter yeah. right? And 
It's not like we were the best team in the East. No, at you're the time. right. It's all hype. It's again, it's because we it's have a, a player machine. who's exciting and who yeah. people want to know what he's doing. Did he have a nice dunk last night? Adding Kawhi for Demar didn't make us more exciting. It made yeah. us a better team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it certainly didn't make us more exciting in the views in the media. San Antonio was never viewed as an exciting team, but and they he was were the ranked. best player. I'm talking about when they predict. Like, but again, he, every single pundit, top three in the league. In the go East, Boston minimum though minimum Philadelphia and then maybe it would no, be Boston tons, Toronto there's, Philadelphia there's a lot of people who would put Toronto ahead of Boston before the season you could even listen to that to in the, the Toronto the, media the, the NBA yeah that's <laughs> the, the, the difference is the Boston media is basically the ringer which is national media yeah, and yeah, the yeah, first yeah. take is LA media yeah. which is also national yeah. it's because these national things you see from America are also based out of these cities that they have well, to and it's to. like what Jack says right it's a great it's, point it's about the economics of it that's why the Raptors don't get as many but I think this year like we're going to we're not going to demand respect. We're going to command it. Like we're going to just take it. Like and the, that's the, when you start four and zero and you dummy Boston. Like that's the Raptors are going to keep rolling teams, man. I hope they're not losing right now. I recorded the game, making me look like a fool. I think we're going to keep dummying teams, and they're going to have to give us the love. For me, the most I think, if anything, it's kind of been almost a little bit. Like we've been like always demanding respect in the league, and we've always like had that reputation of that team. If anything, I think we should just embrace the sort of forgotten team up north. Yeah, no, it's that good. San Antonio have the Spurs have mentality. The chip. Have the chip and you know on what? Just keep winning. Yeah. Let them eventually notice us. We don't need to talk about them. Once we do well, they'll notice. You know what I mean? I think we have the team that year that the players have that mentality, and also we just have to, as a media and as as you know fans have to have the same sort of mentality as well. You know what? If they don't notice us, too bad for them. We're going to just be sneaky. You know what it is? I would just like to see like some coverage on my team because I'm a fan of the sport and I believe that that those players earn it. Look, we're going to dummy the East. Once we get to the finals, it'll be a different thing. But I think getting to the finals is a victory for us this year. I really do. And that's going to be what makes Kawhi stay. Danny Green said it in an interview. He looked the interviewer dead in the eyes and he's like, I think as long as he can win, He'll stay here. Thank you very much for listening to Toronto Sport Matters. Uh, we'll be back next week. Sorry we've missed a couple weeks throughout the summer. It's kind of our off season, but we'll be back hopefully on a weekly basis, giving you guys some very uh, sort of amateurish uh, perspectives on sports. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Professional. The Professional. best of the best. All right. You can catch us on Spotify. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I fucked that up. SoundCloud. Again. SoundCloud. Stitcher. iTunes. Stitcher. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Thank you very much. And hopefully we'll have an undefeated record in the next podcast. All right. Peace out, Toronto. Peace out, D-Dot.